1: Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. Guys, it is South Carolina week as the Florida Gators head on up to Columbia to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. We're going to talk about it all in this show and a whole bunch of recruit news. As always, I'm your boy Hirsch, and with me is CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And of course, as always, the Hype Man, Wes.
0: Let's go get a nation.
1: All right, boys. Like I said, we're going to talk about the South Carolina game this week as the Gators try to get five and two on the season. Got an excellent opportunity and a hard environment to play in. We're not going to downgrade that, um, but we're going to get to all that here in a little bit. We got some recruiting news we want to get to first, guys. Talk about got a lot of visits last weekend. Kids visiting other places. We're going to break all that down for you. So listen in make sure you go out download us wherever you get your podcast from and if you're checking us out on youtube this is your first time checking out the channel guys go ahead do us a favor if you wouldn't mind go ahead and hit the subscribe button drop a like on the video and leave a comment down below leave your score predictions for florida versus south carolina this weekend in the comments below all right boys let's jump right into it man um we're going to start with this is going to become a weekly segment for right now until he's done with his senior se- season. You know, I'm going to get a little alarm to go off, you know, the uh Lagway Watch. DJ Lagway Watch. Uh, uh this week's unbelievable Lagway numbers. 391 passing yards, five more touchdowns as his team goes to 7 and 0 on the season. And his whopping total on the season, 2,291 passing yards and 41 passing touchdowns. Yes, you heard that correctly, ladies and gentlemen. 41 passing touchdowns at the high school level in seven games. That doesn't even include his rushing stats. I don't have those before me. Add on another six, seven touchdowns. It's something like that. It's ridiculous. Um. The young man is just absolutely setting Texas High School on fire, proving all the doubters wrong. Anybody that thought that he couldn't uh, match up to the five-star projections that a lot of us had for him, he is knocking it out of the park. But not only is DJ Lagway just awesome on the field, then the man jumps on a plane, Superman style, flies to Gainesville and puts on his recruiting hat as Florida takes on Vanderbilt last weekend. And who was he attached to the hit to? Five-star offensive lineman, Jordan Seaton, who was in town visiting for the Vanderbilt game. Um, by all accounts, visit went fantastic. As soon as the game was over, did Jordan Seaton go hang out with recruits and party on the town and check out Gainesville? No, he went into the daggum uh, center there with the coaches, with Sale and Stapleton, and started watching game film. Because he's all about business. Um, word on the street, Billy Napier joined them for that meeting for a little recruit session. So now all we can do is wait guys, let him take whatever visits he's going to take and, uh, you know, see where it shuffles out. Um, I've heard conflicting reports about it. I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard some bad things. I've heard that, um, rumors of coaching shuffle in the future might hurt the recruitment. Uh, take that for what you will. Um, as you know, us here at this podcast, we're in the no excuses zone for for offensive line recruiting at this point in time. Uh, <laughs> we, you look at the game, you see there are roles to be had. There is playing time to be had. If you're Billy Napier, you got to sell it. Wes, are you still in the ballpark that even if there's coaching changes, this is a this is a no excuse recruitment?
0: No, not really, and that's the thing that fans have to uh be mindful of you can't say in one breath we want to get rid of the two offensive line coaches have one coach bring somebody that's fresh in and then expect us to land a five-star type recruit in Jordan C. Uh because we all know recruiting is about relationships. This is why I, I keep going back to I thought year two full year two of Billy was so important because now they have a year of relationships going into year two relationships to, to establish with sophomores who become juniors, who become seniors. And if there are coaching changes and, and you guys want Stapleton and sale removed from uh, the staff, then if somebody is new, come in, then if Seton feels like he was com- more comfortable with Alabama or Miami or Florida state or Georgia with that particular coach, then the chances of him coming here are, that they get minimized, uh, and then and, and the percentages get lower of, of us having a chance to recruit him. So we can't have our cake and eat it too, and want those guys going, and then uh, expect uh, him to come in his class. So um, if he comes, it's because to me that the coaches may stay, or it's up to Billy to say, "Hey, this is who I'm going after. I have this," because they do talk to these recruits in that manner. Hey, if I'm going to make the change. This is who I'm going after. Etc., etc., how you feel about him, even if that kid may not talk to that coach. I know he sees the playing time available because we've alluded uh, how horrific the office line has been over the last uh, decade. Uh, so uh, there's playing time available, but to me, relationships matter. And to me, because I don't know if the staff will be here, I, I don't know how to even rate our chances of getting him because I'm in that. Model, if they don't get him, then they need to be gone. But if they get him, then I'm 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 okay. If they get him, I'm okay with them staying because this this hall of offensive line class is better than the, the 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 previous two years. Even though I don't really count that first year because they came in late. So let take it in context of last year's class and then going into what we have this year, he will be enough for me to say okay, this staff should stay as far as the two offensive line coaches.
1: CJ, are you in the same boat with Wes on that tape?
2: I don't. I don't know. I want Jordan Seaton, and that's pretty much my take. Like, I, I don't care what you got to do. We, we need we need offensive line. Billy himself has got to take the reins on this recruiting and be like, look, man, I don't know if you guys are going to be the offensive line coaches or not, but I don't think it's going to matter. I want you here, you know, what do we need to do to make it happen? You know, make him – you know, hey, you're going to be the first person that knows who the new offensive line coach is going to be. What, whatever you need to do, because it is that important of a recruitment. Because if you don't and you end up missing him, then you got to go trust the portal again to find offensive linemen. And I'm not saying you can't find good offensive linemen in the portal. I'm just saying it's hard. And there's not that many of them. Just it's just the way offensive because you know if you're a good offensive lineman, you're, you're typically not leaving the school you're at because you're probably playing aside from maybe a coaching change. And then you then you take the risk on a group of five offensive linemen who look really good down there. Um, can they come play SEC ball? Um, so so that's that's a lot of it. Um, so it's one of those recruitments where it's like you got to get it done. You know, we're kind of past the point of excuses now. You know, everybody else is holding their weight except for the offensive line. You know, you guys, you know, I love Westfall. Um, Some of the guys we have committed, you know, we've got some good players. But you need to get an elite offensive lineman in the class uh, sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, it's it's just you got to get it done, man. There's just you can't keep coming up with excuses for not landing elite offensive line recruits. This is the SEC. You're playing against elite defenders each and every week, and the team lined up across from you is going to have elite offensive linemen. It's just, you know, especially when you get to play the big boys, the University of Georgia and whatnot, you know what they bring to the table on the defensive line, so you better have the offensive linemen to counter that. I mean, you look at what Kentucky's just able to do to you on the defensive You know at some point we got to we got to break this cycle of it's okay to have one decent offensive lineman and three two year projects and maybe all three of them turn out hey fantastic great evaluations guys but you can't hang your hat on that probability you cannot do it there's i'm not a big everyone that knows me knows i'm not this huge data guy i'm not but the data shows a certain amount of you know each championship caliber team has this amount of high star rated linemen and it's and it just calculates out each and every time so at some
2: point you got you got to win these battles even if they do you do pick these guys and they do turn out to be good offensive linemen they won't be good offensive linemen next year and they might not no. be good no. the year after You're you're talking you have you need one or two
1: impactful players.
2: Right. You're you're talking guys that are probably not going to really significantly contribute until their junior season. And unfortunately, the position we're in, we don't have that kind of time. Um, you know, Billy's got time, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have two extra years of bad offensive
0: line play time. Yeah, you gotta gotta have some significant growth. They need to be starting by year two. Glad we redshirt well, freshman.
1: You, or you look as, a, as an example uh, Francis. Um, and I can't ever say his name. The young man that went to Miami oh, last. Yes, thank you. That was at IMG. Um, and now on three least released, released their freshman All American team up to this point of the season, and he's the he's the left tackle on that team. That's the kid that we were heavily involved in. Now, obviously, we were second or third down the list, regardless of whatever you believe, but it doesn't matter. That was a young man we identified early. We went after, we did not get, and look what he's doing. He's starting at Miami. Now, granted, he may not be – if he'd have come to Florida, he may not have been starting this year. I can't predict that. Obviously, Austin Barber was going to be a starter at left or right, regardless. Um, But he would have been starting next year, I'd almost guarantee you. So – Shout out to that team, by the way. If you did not notice, uh, Florida Gator safety Jordan Castell did make that team as the safety. So shout out to big Jordan Castell for continuing to be recognized as one of the premier freshmen in the country. That's awesome. Uh, Another kid that visited kind of surprisingly this last weekend that we want to talk about real quick before we get the kids taking visits elsewhere. um, Former commitment defensive tackle uh, Micah Borough, who decommitted a few weeks back surprisingly everyone was like well he's going to georgia that's it but a funny thing happened on the way to uh to signing day is doesn't look like georgia has any room for him in their class and and partially is because they've shifted their their sights to another florida gator defensive tackle commitment we'll talk about that in a minute um so Micah came on down for a visit. Florida knocked it out of a par- out of the park. He was said he was blown away, that it, there, nobody showed any animosity towards him, that it was like he was still on the commitment list. Hey, we've said it before about the staff. They never give up. They never let off the gas pedal on a kid. You know, it'd been real easy to say, you know what, you scorned us. All right, cool. Then we're, you know, you go do whatever and we're going to move on down the line. But we also know that we need defensive tackles so kudos to the staff for recognizing that hey you know there might not be a better target out there keep on the kid get him back I'm not saying he's still going to end up in this class long way to go to that but it looks a lot more favorable than it did a week ago when we did this show so we'll see how things progress with Micah going forward and we'll keep you updated let's talk about some commitments on our list that Visited other places this week, and we'll and segue right into the one I was just referring to. Uh, Nasir Johnson, defensive tackle at um, vis- out of Georgia, visited UGA this last weekend, and and there's a lot of smoke there. There's a lot of smoke that Georgia likes the kid now. They're they're pushing for him. Um, I'm not saying a flip is imminent. Not saying it's even going to happen. They have five defensive line commits. They've got another kid. I can't remember the young man's name that they're they're battling Oregon for right now. So they may not even have room for Nasir Johnson. But I'm telling you now, they're 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 putting the press on him. So well, not
2: only that, Florida State's also still recruiting Nasir. Johnson, and
1: Florida State's been after him for a, for a while now. So hey, and we're going to talk about this with with these other three young men that I have on the list right here. You want to play big ball. You know, big boy recruiting football, you're gonna have to deal with your recruits are gonna take visits. They're you know, I'm not saying they're always gonna take visits, but big time recruits are wanted by big time schools and they're gonna get the whole kitchen sink thrown at them. And so um another one, I know this is gonna hurt Wes in his heart. Tight end Amir Jackson visited Auburn. Auburn has been heavily rumored to be after that young man. Miami's still after him as well, but Auburn is really pushing for the young man. Now, I happen to live pretty close to him. He goes to Portal High School right down the road from me, and I haven't heard anything to let me believe that that young man is flipping, but he's listening, and this is where it is important. We mentioned it in previous shows to see Boardingham out there catching more passes, man, being heavily involved in the offense. That's where you sell him. Look, we don't have a tight end room. <laughs> Go. Go push open that door, man. There ain't nobody in there. Bunch of guys wrapped in medical tape. And <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> three three slow white boys. <laughs> I mean, it's just not a it's not the we best. We got a defensive team.
2: lineman. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> Tony Livingston was an offensive lineman that played basketball. Uh yeah, it's just it's 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 a weird room right now. We need some premier athletes. You're that guy, and you're the only one. <laughs> so we got a lot to sell. Um, Darius Hayes, of course, I'm sure you've heard by now, visited Miami this weekend and and had a great time visiting Miami. We couldn't have asked for a better atmosphere for Darius Hayes to go down and visit the Miami Hurricanes. Not only did he get to see a um a jam packed uh, front two rows of the stadium, but um he got to see one of the biggest coaching gaffes of all time. So thanks Miami for showing Darius a great time. He was having some real good. Uh, Snickers on his uh, Instagram live after the game. One Canes fan managed to get him to say, go Canes and put up you and thinks that's a big deal. We're not worried about a Darius Hayes at this time on this program status quo. Um, now five-star safety, Xavier feels me took a little visit this weekend to tech to see the red river rivalry. Texas lost to Oklahoma and got an offer from Texas on his way to the game, actually. Now, McKinney High School, not that far from where the game was played. It was just a short ride from everything I've heard. uh, Xavier and his family are very quiet, soft-spoken family. They they don't say a whole lot, but he's just a quality family, and there's nothing to worry about on this right now, as obviously – Texas just offered him, so the relationships haven't been all the way there, but they're they're trying. Uh, I listened to some some talk from uh, I believe it's um Jerry Hamilton, who's a Texas message board guy for um on three, and he said, Look, I'm not saying that there's a chance at a flip. It's a it's a long shot, but we're gonna give it our you know, Texas is gonna give it their best shot and see what happens.
2: Yeah, and Shout I mentioned too to the Texas Oklahoma game, isn't just the Texas Oklahoma game. If for those that don't know the Texas State Fair is going on, you know, it's not like he went to Austin and, you know, visited Texas or anything like that. He went to the fair to watch a great game that's down the road. Um, so I I don't think it's as now now he probably will visit Austin. He'll probably go to Texas. Um, but you know, you're a five star safety kid, but I don't blame you for taking those visits. You've earned your right to. And uh it's either Connor,
0: it was either Connor or Zach. Uh that, that pointed out that as soon as he tweeted out the offer, he tweeted out uh,
1: that was Connor. It was Connor Cart, friend
0: of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that tweeted. He he put out that. that That's
1: beginning. why he's a five star safety because of his awareness rating. Yeah,
0: he yes. knows. What's
1: going on. Soon- <laughs> his fans that
0: saw that they would have went crazy. Oh no, he's going to flip and go to Texas. So shout out to X for uh, uh for for putting that out there and just to calm, let the fans know. Hey, I'm still committed. Permit- I'm still fully committed. Yeah. 100% to the Gators. So, shout Look out to
1: him. It is a huge honor for any Texas football player to be offered by the University of Texas. I have no gripes with him posting that offer. I have no gripes with him going to that game. If 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 I'm living within an hour of that football game and you offered me a ticket to that football game, you bet I'm going. I don't care about either team.
0: It's two top ten teams. You want to go see that in person? It's, it's a good best, game. It's the best rivalry yeah. in
2: college football. The two exactly. teams they hate each other. You get to go to the fair, eat corn dogs, and that's watch what I'm saying, man. I mean, yeah. You
1: if you told me tomorrow,
2: hey Hirsch, it was a good ass game. Hey Hirsch,
1: I got two tickets to go watch LSU Alabama. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm going. <laughs> right. You know, because I'm a fan of college football, and if I can go see a game like that in person. You bet your butt and get treated like royalty at the, at the same time. <laughs> Count me in. All right, guys. One more recruit to talk about. L. J. McCray took his official visit. To Florida State Knowles feel good. Some Georgia people feel good. Gators feel good. L. J. McCray's birthday is October eighteenth. His rumored commitment as of today, just floating in the Twitter sphere and other places, is October 21st. That is the rumored commitment date. Um the one piece of info I have on this that makes me feel very good about LJ McCrae is, and and because I prepped for this show so great, I don't have the you know, the, the man's name in front of me because I failed on on that part. LJ McCrae's father's best friend is a staff member at the university of Florida. He is one of the army. So that is, has been an end for the university of Florida the whole time on that. Um, like I said, it's recruiting guys. It can go any, any way possible, especially when they know it's getting close. um, Florida State got people know, hey, well the rumor is he's committing in two weeks. Georgia people, oh, he's committing in two weeks. We didn't even talk about that when we were talking about Georgia's defensive line class that they already had a minute ago, having five guys. Um, shout out to Hamburgers. Um, but I don't believe as of this time, I believe Florida State's probably the more significant threat for LJ McCray in this recruitment. I think the, L, the the UGA thing is kind of – they've got other targets, like we said. I don't think their full focus has been on LJ. Um, but the one constant in this recruitment the whole time has been Florida. Ever since he took that midweek visit before the barbecue, back at the end of July, the Gator staff has felt really good about their standing with LJ McCray. Now it's the time where you close the deal, you get that commitment, and then you got to hold on. Just like all these other commitments that are taking visits and everything else, getting that commitment is just half the battle. Then you gotta, then you gotta, then you gotta recruit him twice as hard for the rest of the season because everyone knows they got ground to make up. So, if anything breaks, we hear anything different, we'll keep you guys up to date, up to speed. But um, all we can do now is hope that the staff gets it done, guys. All right, boys, let's talk about um. South Carolina week. Oh, Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks, man, they've been, um, they've been giving up some, uh, some sacks this year. This would be a good time for the defense to have a, uh, uh, CJ, we were talking about this before the, before we got on the show. So I'm going to kick it to you first because you have some numbers and all that good stuff. You're the, you're the stack guy, kind of, um, Talk about the rate at which South Carolina is giving up pressures and sacks on Spencer Rattler this season. It's a
2: lot. I I think (laughs) I saw before the bye week, Spencer Rattler had been pressured, I think, 78 times in this early part of the season, which is ridiculous stuff. South Carolina's got a patchwork kind of job at offensive line. Uh, they've They've had going since they played North Carolina in the first week. That's that's the main thing with South Carolina and the reason they can't really get off the ground. They've got a great wide receiver in Xavier Leggett who's phenomenal, a great weapon, um, one of the best. He'll be playing on Sunday. South Carolina usually has one of those guys, um, and, and he's awesome. The problem is you, you've got to keep Spencer Rattler up long enough for him to throw the football to him. Uh, the running game has been kind of hit and miss because of the offensive line. So that's that's where we're going to look to make our money. You're going to have to, as we saw last year when we played them, that's what we that's how we beat them. You kept Spencer Rattler off his game. We saw the great play that lives in infamy now with with Desmond Watson with the, with the sack fumble recovery, um, just some great stuff there. But you know that's that's how you beat them last year, and I think that's the same recipe to getting the win this year as you're going to have to beat up Spencer Rattler because we've seen what it looks like when you don't get after Spencer Rattler. We played him in the Cotton Bowl, and he tore us up. The guy's not bad. He's not a horrible quarterback. He'll be a guy that goes to the NFL. He'll probably get drafted in the second or third round. Um, the guy's got some skills. The problem with South Carolina right now is can they keep him standing up long enough for him to really hurt us with, with Xavier Leggett? And just, again, like I said, one of the best wide receivers in college football right now. And You know, there's a lot of things going for South Carolina. They've got good players. They've got good pieces. Um, and, you know, they play in Williams-Brice Stadium, which is a tough environment to play in. I, I think it gets lost in the shovel and the SEC stadiums. You know, like, you know, we always talk about Bryant-Denny, and we talk about um, Death Valley, and we talk about Sanford Stadium, and we talk about Jordan-Hare and the 12th man and stuff. And it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Williams Bryce is a tough place to play. Those people love their Gamecock football. They get sandstorm going. They start waving those towels. It is a absolute monster to play in. Um, and they need to win bad. They're coming off a of bye week, which the next three opponents we play will be coming off of bye weeks, which I have never in my life heard of. Not to be fair, we play Georgia. We'll be coming off a of bye week too. But the next three opponents, South Carolina – Georgia and Arkansas all come off of bye weeks when they play us, which like I said, is just something that I've never heard of. That's that's pretty wild. Um, but they should be a little more rested up. Um, again, I, I don't know how good their offensive line is going to be. There's, They've got some transfer guys. they got an Ivy League transfer at offensive line. Um, that's why they're bringing in so many of these big-time offensive line recruits that Wes alluded to earlier, um, because they really need the help. They're kind of like us. It's going to be – to me, I think it's going to be a very similar game. I think both teams are kind of looking at each other in like a mirror. Um, you've got a, a fan base that's getting kind of kind of restless with with Shane Beamer. Um, you know they want him to start winning big games. Um, you know you, you get you get beat by Tennessee, you get beat by Georgia, you get beat North North Carolina. They've had a tough slate of games to start the season. Um, so, South Carolina definitely is is one team to watch, but the recipe is going to be getting after Spencer uh, Spencer Rattler, because if you if you let him sit in the pocket and throw on you, he'll kill you. Yeah,
1: and therein lies the you know what the game plan needs to be is we you know every week we kind of talk about what we think we'd like to see from us as a game plan versus the team we're playing, and, and my whole thing is pressure, man, send it, send the pressure, disguise the pressure. Send it from varying places, confuse Rattler. Uh, we saw it last year when they came to Gainesville. I mean, that that image of big big Dez getting in there and running that fumble, I mean, will always live as a, as a great moment. Um you've got to fluster this guy. Get him you get him out of rhythm and you're good. Otherwise, he'll pick you to death. And we've seen, you know, we've we've given up some deep plays. So secondary is gonna have to be on their game. Um, Depth chart just released. I want to talk about that real quick. And Wes, I'll get to to your points for the game. Um, Some good things. Uh, Austin Barber is back. Trevor Etienne is back. Um, Bad things. Kingsley out again. Andy Jean listed as out this week um, with a lower body injury. So that might answer why we didn't see much Andy Jean last week in the game versus Vandy. Uh, Aiden Mizell is listed on the depth chart behind Eugene Wilson, so I had a, I had thought that we were going to obviously see Aiden Mizell redshirt at this point. I don't know if that's still the case. I mean, they may try not to play him. It's just one of those things you have to see. Uh, Marcus Burt listed behind um, Jackson on the depth chart. Uh, Odom is out as well, so, I mean, that tight end room continues to just be a patchwork quilt of Orles Boardingham Hanson, and whoever else you can find to warm up, you know get get on the field behind him um so obviously i mean Jake Slaughter is going to be well seasoned by the end of this 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 year
2: and i think we can i think we could say based on where we saw him at the Utah game i think Jake Slaughter's gotten better he has season. he
1: absolutely has improved,
2: so um that that's one thing that's that's pretty good. It's not like it was when we we started off this year where he was kind of rough in his early days. uh cam
1: Waits is listed as the backup behind Austin Barber on the left side so if if barber for whatever reason gets nicked up again, obviously we'll see Mr. Waits who looked really really good against Vandy. We talked about that in our raw reaction video um. It's just going to be one of those deals, man. You're going to have to get out there. You're going to have – they're going to score some points. You can almost guarantee it. Now, I mean, as soon as I say I, – I, I can't foresee us having the kind of effort we had against them last year where we just totally dominated them. In their like, – like CJ alluded to, that's a tough place to go play football. I do like the 3.30 kickoff as opposed to a, a noon. We talked about that as well in the Raw Reaction episode that I think we always play a little bit better the later it gets in the day. Um. Wes, you're a South Carolina man. You live in the state, in the state of South Carolina. Uh, I know you don't care for the Gamecocks one bit, so I know you're kind of looking forward to this one. What are your takes on what we need to do to these boys this weekend?
0: Yeah, um, I'm debating, uh, right now if I'm going to go to the game or not, I'm still, still up in the air from me right now. I'm thinking about going, uh, I, I was going into I saw us against Kentucky, and then I'm like, man, I don't really want to go see that game now, but, uh, Uh, As CJ put it, it is a very, very tough place to play. So us winning this game will mean a lot to me, knowing uh, this fan base and knowing how they're going to show out and be there Saturday because they're going to fool that stadium and they're going to be loud if it's going well for that team. Uh, CJ talked about the towels swinging and all that stuff, Sandstone playing. They are a big – we have no professional sports team here. Gamecocks and Clemson is it, and and they love uh, their Gamecocks here. So uh, uh, us winning will go a long way to me showing that we can, especially with our road role, woes role, and how we performed on the road, uh, to go into that type of environment uh, to to pull up a victory would be special to me. No matter how we look, a win is a win. Uh, given especially how tough our schedule is, so uh, uh, as far as the keys. Um, See, they talked about this as well, so I'm pinging back on a lot of
2: points. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh no, no he'll hop back in, in a second. Wes
1: West, West had technical difficulties. The game caught, to, They got him. He yeah, they back. heard him, buddy. I told you he's in South Carolina, man. He's in enemy territory. They they sourced it down. They heard him talking about it. him
2: with the cock doo and Ooh, he was gone.
1: Man, yeah, I'm telling you, it's real up there. That uh, Gamecock <laughs> Dave from Twitter. Uh, got a hold of him. <laughs>
2: Come on, man. Not that, <laughs> that freaking idiot. Jesus.
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, it just—it doesn't go without saying, man, that, that you're just going to have to, like we said, I, I want to see the offense continue to, to show some new wrinkles like we've been doing. It seems like each and every week you've had some new things added into the offense. I think that is the handprint or footprint, however you want to put it. Of of Russ Callaway maybe being more involved in some game planning with Billy, as to adding some wrinkles and things that teams haven't seen. Yeah, you, I believe
2: it was reported that that Russ had a lot to do with the the play calling inside the twenties. Uh,
1: and us. and you can f- absolutely see. I mean, I know some fans are 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 you know they wear the blinders and they just see, oh, we just run the same routes or the same plays. Um, no, we really don't. It's just you you watch it in real time. You don't have time to really break that down in your head. If you go on YouTube the week at, you know, as the week goes on and you watch the breakdowns, even the guys that do the breakdowns will talk about, well, that's a new wrinkle. That's something I haven't seen us do. I like this concept. That's a newer concept that we haven't seen before. And there, and there are a lot of those. Now I'm not saying that we're running 20 new plays, but maybe just a slight variation on a previous play. CJ talked about it in our Raw Reaction video, making the motion mean something, adding wrinkles with the motion, um, making the defense go one way and setting up something for two, three plays down the road. And that was one of the big things was you kept running the motion and they kept shift, the defense would shift, and then you run it back out, you know, you reverse the other way. It's – every play has a purpose, you know, either obviously for that play are for two plays down the road. And I think you're seeing a really good job of of them setting that up.
2: So, yeah, and I think Trey being in the offense is going to open up some things that we oh, did we had
1: so much more. Because you have to account for him on every play. It's the Percy factor. And no, we're not saying he's Percy. I'm not. A lot of people are like, "Oh, he's got a lot." Yeah, man, I mean he does. He's got wiggle. He's got uh, he's got
2: frontline speed. I want to say Connor Clark said he's got like a uh, – it, it might not have been Connor, but it was one of them that said he, he's got like that Odell thing about him, like Odell Beckham. And I, I think I liked that comparison more than I did the, he's the, just, the Percy. He's just a gadget guy. He's just a – he's a football player.
1: I, I really – like I said on our – and I once again, guys, if you're not watching the wrong reaction show, you need make sure you do every weekend. We put it out after the game. Um, The thing I love about Trey the most is he runs forward. And what I mean by that is, he's a one shake and bake, and and he and he sh- shoots forward. He doesn't juke, 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 juke. Let three guys converge on him, and then try, you know, try to get an extra yard. He realizes I'm going to put one shift, and I'm going to go that way. He he recognizes where the defensive guy is going to break, and he gets that four, five, six extra yards right off the rip instead of just hoping he can make a couple of guys miss and turn it into some big play. He just gets yardage. I mean, his, every time the kid touches the ball, it's five, six, seven, you know, he's going forward with it. Um, And that's something I wish he would teach the rest of the offense. That's something we saw from Montreal this weekend that we talked about. That was, that was the change in his game that he played absolutely different because he was dropping his shoulder and running forward. He wasn't um getting up in the hole, trying to make a guy – he wasn't trying to be Trevor Etienne. He was trying to be Montreal Johnson. And that's – as long as they they keep playing like that, man, I got a lot of faith in these boys. Um Great. If you if you watch those breakdown videos, I mean, the offensive line was doing a lot more second level blocking this weekend as well, which opened up those big holes for some of those runs like you saw Trey Webb get. If you go back and watch just the breakdown of Trey Webb's run, his long run that he had in the game. It was a tremendous job of everybody doing their their assignment. Uh, You saw. Um, Damian George chipped his man, got to the next level, blocked a linebacker just enough out of the play. And that is what Billy keeps talking about, about having executional problems that we've been seeing in the earlier games where guys aren't maybe getting to that second level. They're spending too much time on that first block and not getting to that second man. And that second man's able to fill the gap and the play explodes. Hopefully we can have the same growth on uh, on pass blocking this week. <laughs> because this is Tennessee I mean not Tennessee, that's what I'm saying. This is a South Carolina team that went to Tennessee and got smoked. So you're gonna look at a, at a South Carolina team like CJ said, coming off the bye that's gonna come out fired up, ready to play. I know Beamer's gonna have those boys chomping at the bit for that three thirty start. The stadium's gonna be pumped up. I think so, this might
2: be their only only what second second home game of the year. I haven't even looked at this. schedule. I think they played the neutral site with Carolina. and They played at Georgia, at Tennessee. Um, so, I mean, they. This is going to be a big. This is probably their first really big home game uh, of the year. You know, against us, they don't like us uh, at all. You know, I, you know, there's people out there. You know, how do you, do you consider South Carolina a rival? Do you not? You know, they definitely consider us one. I'll put it that way. Um, Yeah. You know, whether you consider it or not, I I can also tell you I can think of offhand 10 more, you know, damning losses to South Carolina in the last 30 years than I can to Tennessee. You know, some actual, you know, some losses, some moments. Urban's first year against Spurs, then beating us, you know, uh, 2010. Um, you know, there's just, uh, there's a lot of those games in there, the, the smoke (laughs) they did on us in 21. Um, you know, they don't even want to get into baseball. Um, they're, they're, they're an absolute rival. You know, if if you, in the sense of the word, if you really want to get into it and they, you know, they have a, a mural of our coach (laughs) on their wall, you know? So, uh, no, definitely it's, it's going to be a bigger game than, I think it's really going to be the the watermark for us going forward. How we do in this game, especially on the road. All right, CJ, let me get your prediction for this game. What, what what's it going to be? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch some flack for this, but I'll tell you what. I'm they're going to have to prove it to me this week that they can win on the road. So I'm going to take South Carolina thirty-one to twenty-seven. I think they beat us. Um, I don't like to pick against Florida but they're gonna have to prove to me this week that they can win this game Ooh, that hurts my soul it hurts me saying it it hurt coming out of my mouth <laughs> all right
1: I'm gonna tell you what I, I I'm gonna go with my, I'm gonna stay with my prediction of wonky ass score predictions I'm going 29 24 Gators. I don't know how we're getting to 29. We're going to
2: get a safety in there somewhere, baby. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know what uh, I don't know what's happening. It's going to be something weird. But um 29-24 Gators. I think they tack on a, a a touchdown late. I do think I think the defense can do enough in this game to keep them on their toes. I think the crowd will keep South Carolina into it like you said. Um you're going to have to prove it to me on the road, but this, I think, Billy feels the heat of the whole on the road thing. I really think he does. I think you see a very similar effort to how we came out versus a And M last year. I, I just, I know that he wants to win this ball game. And look, if you don't win this ball game, we got a lot of bad things on the horizon because the schedule gets tougher, and yeah. tougher, and tougher.
2: I mean, and I don't know that there would be the heat on the can't win on the road thing if there wasn't the loss to Vandy and Kentucky in there because a lot of the other losses on the road, and two of those that we're counting are neutral site games, uh, one against the eventual national champion and another one against Oregon State where you didn't, you know, um, you you didn't have your team with you. So, I mean, and then the other ones are tough draws. And it's only going to get tougher.
1: All right. We got Wes back. All right, All right. Wes. All right,
0: Wes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard everything y'all guys were saying. I'm going to give my score prediction and then try to wrap it up quick about my synopsis of the game. Uh, I will give a score of 27-21 Gators. Um, got to keep Spencer in the pocket. Uh, got to get to him. Uh, something that I don't think we've been doing well is uh, – getting sacks. This is offensive line we should take advantage of. So we got to get those sacks. Gotta pressure in, and um besides Cersei, I think TJ um TJ Sapp had a lot of he had I think two first foremost last week. We didn't get back. We gotta get we got to get turnovers. There's something that's defense as good as they've been in my opinion, we have enforced a lot of turnovers. In the Tennessee game we got the uh Desmond Watson calls the pick that Castell got. I want to I mean excuse me, Des, uh, Moore got Devin Moore got. Well, I need to see more turnovers in this game. That'll be key. And I need to start fast. So uh, to her point about the, the fans will keep the Sacramento in it. We got to get the fans out of it. And the good way to do that is to start faster with that, than we have been starting. So to do that will be key. Uh, special teams need to be on point because this is a team that is number one in special teams. They have tricks up their sleeve. They're going to be doing all. And as poor as our special team has been, they're the, the opposite end of the spectrum. They're, they're the opposite of us. So uh, whatever they're doing, we need to be have that as one of the key focuses because the game is divided into three spots, which is offense, defense, special teams, and we can't let them win the special teams by a large margin because if so, they'll win this game. So I'm going to go 27-21, Gators, and uh, hopefully we we'll, we we'll come out with a victory.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, pressure. Pressure all night. Send it. Send it all make that man fight for his life. That's what I want to say on our raw reaction video. I want to say, man, we had that man fighting for his life for four quarters and it should be it should be a good victory for the Gators. But like CJ said, you got to prove it. We we've been waiting on a on a great, you know, road effort for a while now. Time to time to put up All right, guys, it's that time of the week again, week seven, pick'ems. You know how it is, man. Each week, 10 great football games. We give our predictions. We keep track. Last week, we all went even, seven and three across the board, even though we had some different picks. Uh, You know, Wes Wes picked that Oklahoma-Texas game on the money, man. He got them Oklahoma Sooners. But then he went ahead and stuck his chest all the way out and picked Kentucky to beat Georgia.
2: I, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> man, that thing was over before they finished singing the National Anthem. Oh, boy.
1: I, I knew it might be. I knew. I thought it was going to be a better game than that. But, you know, on the season, that brings us Hirsch, 42-18, and 18, and CJ and West both 38-22, and 22, four games back. Is this the week they catch up? I don't think so. But we're going to see what happens. And we're gonna start right off the top. We're talking about those Kentucky Wildcats one more time. Missouri travels to Kentucky. Two five and one football teams battling it out in the bluegrass state. Wes, since you're such a Kentucky uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pick first.
0: Missouri can score. I'm gonna go with
1: Missouri. Oh, he takes Mizzou on the road. CJ, this
2: is a, this is a tough one. Uh, it's a tough game. Yeah, because I, I could see, you know, Kentucky's playing at home. I think if they were playing in Columbia, I don't think I'd have a second thought. But I'll take I'll take Mizzou. I think Mizzou can can really beat them through the air. I'm gonna
1: tell you right now, I'm going with Mizzou. I think I think Kentucky's ass is is chapped. I think they're hurt. And I think Missouri can put up too many points and Leary can't battle them back. I'm just going to tell you the truth about it. That's the same thing they ran into here. If they can't run the ball early and often and possess the clock, Leary ain't bringing them back. Give me Missouri. All right. UCLA and that young freshman quarterback Dante Moore travels to Oregon State. CJ, who you got?
2: I'll, I'm. It's hard for me to – Picking against the Beavers in Corvallis, so I'll take Oregon
0: State. All right. Wes? Yeah, I'm going Oregon State as well.
1: Yeah, I think that defense of Oregon State is going to give uh, a young quarterback uh, all he wants up there in Oregon, so give me the Beavers as well. All right. Auburn travels to LSU, a LSU team that all of a sudden is is not quite what we might have thought they were. Wes, who you got?
0: LSU at home. I love Auburn's defense, though. But uh, LSU at home.
2: CJ, I don't love Auburn's offense. Give me LSU. <laughs> I know LSU. I know LSU's defense is bad, but Auburn's. I mean, that's the that, irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Yeah. And that's where I am <laughs> with
1: this game is, like, I, I think LSU can score enough points and Auburn can't. If that, you know, just to be real simplistic about it, I just I don't think this is another one of those offenses that's not going to battle back if they get into a, a 10, 17-point hole. It's just going to be over. Give me LSU. All right, this is an interesting game on, on the old paper. Texas A&M travels to Knoxville to play the Tennessee
2: Volunteers. CJ, who you got in this matchup? The balls. I think the balls at home. I like Texas A&M. I like what they're doing. But, I mean, I I just got to take Tennessee at home. Wes? Uh, Give me the Aggies.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm on the Texas A&M train here. God dang, man, I hate putting faith in Jimbo Fisher when I need a win. Oh. But you know what? There's only one man out there that I have less faith in than Jimbo Fisher, and that's um, Joe Milton. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Texas A&M because Tennessee needs a win here. All right. NC State travels to the Blue Devils to take on Duke. Wes, who are you taking in this matchup?
2: Duke. Duke. All right. CJ, I – this really sucks because Duke doesn't have their quarterback anymore. Um, and that's, oh. that's not good. Um, but NC State isn't much better. Uh, give me Duke at home or whatever that's worth. Seven points. Yeah, this,
1: yeah, this is tough. I'm gonna go ahead and take NC State on a road as on a road upset, man. I, I think, I think maybe Duke is, has, uh, shot its proverbial load. Yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> Duke has climaxed. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, this is a team that we weren't real sure how talented they were at the beginning of the year. CJ made it very clear off the rip, um, and without their quarterback, that's a tough road to hoe. We'll we'll see though. I love their coach. All right, battle of the no points scored, Iowa at Wisconsin. CJ, who you who
2: you got? Pick whatever Iowa, I guess. It could be Iowa. Okay. I mean, Jesus, this, this is going to be like watching paint dry. It's like <laughs> I, if you guys ever wanted watching. to watch, if you guys ever wanted to watch, uh, watch like a, a game with with uh, uh, like J- Joe, <laughs> John Heisman as the the head coach back in the day or something. This is probably what it looks yeah, it like.
1: Six to three in a shootout. <laughs> West <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm going with Iowa as well. Just that LSU Alabama with less talent back in the uh, what is it, 2010 or something like that. Yeah, give me
1: Wisconsin at home, baby.
0: No, nah, the Badgers.
1: Give me the Wisconsin Badgers at home. All right, Rock Chalk Jayhawk Kansas travels to Oklahoma State. Take on Jeff Gundy,
2: Wes. No Jalen Daniels. He's doubtful, by the way, Wes. I'm going with Kansas. All right. Even without their quarterback. Even without their quarterback. Yeah.
1: All right, CJ. I'm taking your I guessing you're taking Oklahoma
2: State. i am taking Oklahoma State at home. Kansas doesn't have their quarterback. That guy's good. That guy makes up for a lot of deficits.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oklahoma State at home too with that with that pertinent information. He's a table. man.
2: He's forty. Yeah,
1: he's about fifty now. <laughs> 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 All right the one one of the great rivalries of all time college football usc travels to notre dame to take on the domers cj who you going with
2: this is this is tough because i i i mean i i want to say that usc was just looking ahead playing arizona I, I, yeah
1: i kind of had that same I, I feel
2: feeling. like that i'll take i'm going to take the trojans I think that Notre Dame, as good as Sam Hartman is, I think if they get into a shootout, I don't think they can run with USC. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley, for all his woes and Grinch on the defense, have been able to outshoot about everybody. So I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take the Trojans.
0: Wes, I'm gonna go with the Irish. Woo, woo. Golly.
2: They need to well, win. They need this. I talked about
1: this last week after this gauntlet of games they run. No, nah, I don't I is probably I think they're gonna drop a game somewhere, but I just don't think this is the one. I think I think Caleb Williams is gonna use this as a big time spotlight game. He's gonna go out there and, and show why he's the number one pick in the draft. Gimme USC. Big. I think they're gonna they're gonna roll a lot of points up on the board on these boys. All right, let's talk about the old Miami Hurricanes traveling to UNC. To, they're going to go to Chapel Hill and, and try to play Drake May and, and a real offense, offense that doesn't um, need need guys not to kneel down and, and throw Hail Marys at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, boy. Wes, can the Miami Hurricanes recover from that blunder and, and, and steal a win here?
0: Nope, they get two in a row, two <laughs> L's in a row. CJ, um, <laughs>
2: I wonder if my picking rivals magic has run out. Um, you know what? I'll take UNC just because I think UNC's that good. Uh, luckily for Florida State, they don't have to play them or Louisville this year, unless they Buddy, see. I tell you right now, Charlotte.
1: I got the. Miami's got some talent on their roster now. Let's let's not let's not lie. They have added some talent. They have really shuffled that roster around. But boy, they played the absolute biggest stinker of a football game I've ever seen. To have as much talent, it, people talk about that n- not kneeling down, and that's just part of the problem. I mean, yeah, Van Dyke throwing three interceptions. Georgia Tech is not that great of a football team. <laughs> So,
2: not only me, that, they let him drive seventy yards in like twenty seconds.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I, the the not kneeling down was one thing, but then you don't play prevent defense. I'm just like,
2: yeah. How did you let somebody get behind you when they I don't have four a four
1: people? There were four people chasing that man. That's what it, everybody's talking about the knee not kneeling down, but nobody's talking about the fact that then they didn't play prevent defense. I just. I can't. I've never in my life seen anything like it. That was one of the, the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen in the history of football. Give me UNC and whatever the point spread is. I think you have to go on the road after a game like that. I think it's just going to be no, it might get ugly. All right. Let's talk about the heavyweight matchup of the week. Guys, Oregon travels to Washington. Bo Nix to tra- take on Michael Penix Jr. Wet. CJ, who are you going with in this in this game? This should be Ugh, a... Oh, man. Oh. I like wet. both
2: of these teams. Like, I think both of yeah, them... Yeah, this will be a fun football For the game. Pac-12, have good defenses. They have good quarterbacks. They have good running backs. They're offensively, they're very good, but they both play a pretty sound defense. Um, I like what Dan Lanning's doing. I like Oregon, but something about this washington team something about michael penix give me washington at home give me the huskies
0: i like the pick i like the pick all right Wes. yeah i'm a uh, <clears throat> excuse me i'm a uh, penix fan this is his highest men moment beats oregon at home
1: well boys i'm going to throw a wrench in it it's time for Bo Nix to win a big football game, and this is this is his this is his moment, guys. I'm going with Oregon on the road to get a big win. Bo Nix, I, I don't big win and Bo Nix have never been in the same sentence before in the history of football, but I think it's finally time. I like what Dan Lanning is doing up there, like y'all said. I got Oregon. I think Oregon is going to be the the, the team might that sleepers its way, you know, past everybody and. That might be, uh, that that might make it on into the playoffs in Dan Lanning's second year. He inherited a real rich system up there. Kudos to Mario for doing something all right. (laughs) I like what he's got going on. Give me Oregon. And there it is, boys. The picks are locked in. Another exciting week of college football. As always, don't bet your hard earned money on these picks because, um, While while we're right, quite a bit. We don't know nothing, guys. We're just three average guys talking about football on a podcast. All right, boys. So that's going to do it for this week, man. We appreciate you all, as always, tuning in, man. We enjoy all the interactions. We appreciate all y'all bring to us and all the suggestions and everything y'all do to make us uh, successful at this podcasting thing.
2: CJ, what do you got for everybody before we get out of here? Just make sure you guys are always supporting the YouTube channel. We're growing great. You guys are doing good, commenting every week. We've got great numbers. We really appreciate you guys doing your part. Check out our friends at Alma Mater. They've they're got stuff coming out like every week. Um, they've got the shirt with Ricky. They've got the shirt with Graham. They've got the shirtsies, the black stuff that you, you know you want to wear, the black uniform for the blackout black game that's coming up. Yes, the black stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for the blackout game that's coming up against Arkansas, so check that stuff out. Um, they you got uh, basketball coming up soon. I'm sure they're going to have basketball stuff too um, if you want to check that out. Uh, also, too, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, baseball practice has begun. It'll be here before you know it. We get into the – after after Christmas, we'll be counting down the days, and I'll be back to baseball. Jack Caglione has got his fastball up to 101 miles per hour. Um, Now if he can just control it. it, it, Everything in the early camp says he's looking much better, and this is the year where you're going to recover from that Tommy John uh, and get his control back. So hopefully we can see that out of uh, Jack Caglione. So check that stuff out. That's all over the page. They ran their their first practice the other night. If you're in the Gainesville area, when they do these practices, they are free to the public. You can go in and watch. Um, But, no, thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, Thanks for checking us out on Twitter. Check out the Facebook group. Got a lot of guys over there talking constantly, uh, conversing about Gator football, Gator sports, and just general, you know, conversation about anything. So thank you so much uh, for, for everything you guys have been doing for us.
1: Yes, sir, guys. As always, um, make sure you go out there, subscribe to the channel, give us a like on the video. Like I said at the top, leave us the score prediction for South Carolina in the comments below. And, you know, we CJ always does his part on baseball. I'm, I'm going to do some work here before basketball season gets here, and see if we can get somebody every once in a while to come on and and give us some basketball updates as well. I want to make sure we cover the main sports here of all Gator things, as far as recruiting and you know the players on the team, just so y'all can get everything you need out of out of what we bring to the table. All right, Wes, send us home, man.
0: Yeah, as CJ said, make sure you click that link uh, in the bottom. first should have that in the bottom for you at uh, Friends at Elmada to get your uh, merchandise. And um, as well as leaving the score for the Florida-Sacralina uh, game, uh, do the pickings with us. Uh, we would love to see you guys' scores, on, or your not your scores, but your predictions on the game that we just uh, picked as well. Uh, show us if you know ball better than us. Uh, appreciate you guys. Hopefully, if I decide to go to the game, I, I have some things up on the uh, Twitter page on our Facebook uh, uh, around the stadium and then some videos of, of the game as well. So, uh, thank you guys for the support. Uh, make sure you hit the like subscribe and make the comments in, uh, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, love the support and as always go Gators, go Gators,
1: go Gators, baby. Beat South Carolina.